three, two, one. Oh, fuck. Got to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave that in. <laughs> the anticipation. Yeah, three, yeah. two, one. Congratulations. 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 <laughs> Congratulations. 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 I'm done. Finally <laughs> lost it. Ever seen Evangelion? Nope. That's what I, I knew it was it was in the back of my mind. Yeah, I have seen it a long time ago. That's I, what it was. I haven't, but that clip's <laughs> on YouTube and it's really, really funny. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, congratulations, Alex from I Hate Everything. You're at two million subscribers probably by the time this video is published. How does it feel? Oh, am I? But I, I saw on my Reddit though today they did one of those like sub yeah, search is or whatever and took a few thousand away, so it's like Oh. Oh well. I'm Adam from your movie yeah, sex. It's cool. By the way. <laughs> I forgot to Yeah, mention. I'm Alex from my IHG. Yeah. I'm Ralph from Ralph the Movie Maker. All so right. you sound congrats, very down, Alex. <laughs> yeah. I am very down. I'm almost halfway I, okay yeah. over there in the USA. Yeah, everything's fine. I just saw this movie though. That's really got me down. Oh really? Called, uh, yeah, it's a uh, called Aladdin. Oh fuck! I was. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk a bit more yeah. about the uh, Alex subscriber shit because we yeah, there's there a separate. Yeah, d- don't uh, don't segue just, just yet. I was down. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> um, yeah. Wh- yeah. Wh- what else did it say? Well, you were talking about the uh, like the the sub thing where you lost a bunch of subscribers in one day. There's. I've noticed that on all my channels, except my uh, <clears throat> plays through channel, like the stream one, which is weird that I didn't lose hmm. any. Yeah, it seems like really random. What I was going to point out is uh, that stupid fucking thing where YouTube decided that all subscriber numbers are rounded now for no yeah. reason. Yeah. And so I was like, I was looking oh, yeah. at the Social Blade uh, live view count for your channel, and there's no fun anymore. It's just that. Oh, right. yeah, that's it, what that was. No... I was wondering, like, I saw people talking about it, but I didn't quite know what it meant. But that's so stupid. Why? Why take away data? I think that I, I forget which clusterfuck it was after. It was after one of those, like, hey, everybody unsubscribe to this. Per-. It might have been like pro Jared or whatever, like, like one of those controversies. Ah. And so, you know, a lot of people will set up live streams where it's like, haha, watch his sub count go down or something. And YouTube's like, we don't want to promote the idea of people enjoying people's sub counts going down or something. I forget what the excuse was. Right. But it's like, I don't know. Couldn't you couldn't you have an algorithm where it takes longer for you to notice the sub count going down? Like it rounds it going down or it's like daily or something, but you can still see it going up or, or yeah, something. Yeah. I don't why do they know. have to why get rid of the whole number? Yeah, why punish the other side of it? Yeah. Because yeah. like what most people use it for. There's so many so many channels where they would do like a live stream and have the countdown on their page and like throw a big party and celebrate it's like that's done also you've just like you've really you've really hurt social blade as a business like this entire business that was using that data to survive and youtube this big corporation is just like i don't care could you imagine if it was an individual making that decision could you imagine if youtube was like a person and not a corporation it was like, yeah, fuck these guys. We're gonna take away this data, and your business is gonna suffer because of it. It's like, sure, it's you really no reason. Yeah, like They're ruthless, man. 
Yeah. They it, it, it's not it's not like they had an obligation to let them do that, but it is still a big dick yeah. move. Like nobody likes this change. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's, that's just the story with YouTube though, isn't it? Nobody yeah. likes this change. It's just been that for years. It's just so fucking line of that. YouTube yeah. Studio. This new fucking yeah. bullshit. This, yeah, me the off. new interface they have is pretty terrible. It's and awful. very slow. I can't I yeah, can't so wait slow. to be And I always switch to back switch to the it. old one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I yeah. always do, and they yeah, ask why, same. and I'm like, I'm fucking everything wrong with it. <laughs> it's so Basically annoying. Everything they're gonna they're gonna make it mandatory at some point. There's gonna be a point yeah, where you can't switch back to oh, the yeah. old one. Oh yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. very annoying. <laughs> the uh, the monetization issues where the, the bots are flagging videos for being uh, not advertiser friendly for no reason. Everything I've had that. YouTube's I, a you fucking guys have had that shit show. YouTube's a yeah. disaster. If you want to, if you want to be making a living off of YouTube, you have to put up with a lot of shit. You have to be serious yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. There was like those YouTube unions forming. What? I don't know how well that worked out. Yeah, there's like YouTube unions. Like people are getting, they're starting to unionize. What? YouTube really? has said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, these are like it's YouTube like in some other countries or YouTubers. No, like YouTubers, creators, what? content creators. This is news to me. Are unionized. <laughs> that's right. They're coming together. This doesn't... I don't know how well I it's working. I don't know how point. that's going to work I at all. I think YouTube has said... Yeah, I don't yeah. know how it's going to work at all we're not, either. Like, we're not employees. We're like independent contractors. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that work? Yeah, I don't know how that's going to What are you fly. talking about? <laughs> Where's the source? <laughs> <laughs> Who said hey, this? I, I know it's true. I know it's true. You heard it from a friend you of a friend? You can look it up on Gazoogle. Or oh. what are those fake uh, movie Googles? Oh, uh, search. <laughs> Look it up on those. <coughs> Ugh, I'm getting sick. I got a cup of soup. Mm-hmm. It's because of YouTube. Yeah. They're not paying us enough. <laughs> <laughs> Making us sick. The good news is that I got uh, I got sick after Tiff and not before it. So yeah, how was Tiff? Tiff was fucking awesome. It was best great. movie you saw. And then worst yeah. movie well, I mean, the best movie I saw, I already saw it at Cannes, and it was The Lighthouse. The best movie yeah. I saw that I didn't see at Cannes, so not not including Parasite because I saw that at Cannes, would be uh, the new uh, Noah Baumbach Marriage Story, which was mm. really really great. And I I've never enjoyed one of his films that much before. I've always kind of been like, yeah, it's decent. Yeah, it's pretty. Did good. he make that Adam Sandler movie? <clears throat> the what's it called? The Meyerowitz Stories? Is that oh? Him? I th- I didn't know Adam Sandler was in it, but that title sounds familiar. But yeah, like it, Marriage Story, so so fucking good, great mm-hmm. performances, ScarJo and uh, Adam Driver, and uh, I really hope it gets screenplay at the Oscars, honestly, because I can't I can't think of a better, like more fleshed out, uh, way to tackle that story. It's his best mm. screenplay since Madagascar Three, I would say. That's oh, that's what it's ringing a bell. Oh, you you didn't know <laughs> who the director was until I said Madagascar three. <laughs> until I said he wrote Madagascar three. Now you know. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. That's the best. <laughs> Did you see Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was like it it was it was very um, crowd pleasing and fun. It was very enjoyable. Mm. It did it did kind of like drag on a little in the middle. And like not every aspect was was amazing. It was still solid with its production value, but there, I I think like one of the most kind of like irky things about it that I'm sure you guys will feel this way too, 
is there's not consistently throughout, but there's parts of it that feel way too derivative of Wes Anderson's style. It's like oh. the the child uh, Get ready for that row child like choir that. and like just these yeah these like kind of like quirky things that like I don't know it it just it felt way too uh, ripping off in a way if if it felt like it wasn't mm. him and then the rest of the movie felt like him right okay just a couple moments I'm so oh, hyped for it yeah one of the one of the best parts of the festival. Um, we saw Crazy World, the new uh, film from Wakaliwood, and ah, yeah. they they fucking flew in VJ Emmy and the director. Oh, I'm so jealous! Yeah, and they like it happened at the last minute too. Like, so the the guy who programs uh, Midnight Madness, I think his name is uh, like Peter Kaplowski or something, and so he he oversees all of the films that get screened at Midnight Madness at TIFF, which is like this its own section. Of like midnight movies, there's the new like Takashi Miike and like just a bunch of like either gore or horror. The new Nick Cage Color Out of Space was a midnight movie or whatever. Very different crowd and environment mm. before the shows. People are like tossing around beach balls and shit, and like the audience is very interactive and and tons of cheering yeah. and yeah, very different vibe from the other kind of screenings at TIFF. So he gets them to Canada and. I don't know exactly what he did, but he wound up getting them like nine year visas that only got approved like what? the day before the screening pretty much. And so they just like hopped on a plane from Uganda <laughs> all the way to Canada. And they're like, yeah, we have we're free to travel to Canada for like nine years now if we want. I think that I think this it includes even awesome. more than Canada. And so this was their first time like in a real movie theater which is insane mm. and historic. Man, it was just it was a it was a great vibe and it was uh I have to explain this because I don't think this will happen any like outside of TIFF. There was this crazy fucking thing that they did where before the movie they had this like little skit as part of the movie basically. It's on the screen and they have the uh they're 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 basically like we're we're the piracy police. We're gonna make sure you don't pirate this film. And then they cut to like some guy tied up in the slums. Like I, it wasn't worth it to download Hobbs and Shaw. And like <laughs> it's just this funny, you know. The Aqua Teen Hunger Force did the same yeah. thing before their movie, basically. And it was just this funny little skit. The movie plays halfway through the movie. They cut from the movie, and it's back to the piracy police. And they're like, somebody's watching this. This movie is a pirated version someone's streaming we can tell like they've got this like fake little operation or whatever and um <laughs> then they say to turn the lights up in the theater and i guess this was planned out beforehand uh so the theater lights go up and then they literally through the screen of the movie they tell peter koplowski the the midnight madness <laughs> programmer <laughs> to like go up to the front <laughs> and look for whoever's pirating the movie and and so he's like looking around like pretending like oh i don't know who's doing it and then in the movie on the screen they they have like a fax machine they're like oh we've we've got the data of who who is uh, uh stealing the movie and they print out a picture of the tiff midnight madness programmer <laughs> and then somebody from the side of the stage dressed up as the piracy police drags him off stage and then vj emmy is like it's okay he's he's gone to somalia now <laughs> and it was like it was the craziest fucking, fucking thing it was like a once in a lifetime kind of experience 
they have such a good sense of humor. Oh, it's so it's good. It's so heartwarming. It's so funny. Uh, that was definitely like one of those highlight moments for me. This might have been my best tiff. I've, I, there was a lot of fucking Yeah, it awesome sounds amazing. Uh, I got to meet uh, Robert Edgers. I got to meet Bo Burnham. I got to meet uh, Trey Edward Schultz. There were like cool. Q&As for pretty much every every movie except for like the last couple days. So like lots of people I respect. I got to hear them talk and yeah, it was it was a fucking blast. It was awesome. Hung out with Matt Johnson again. Colin from Canada. It was like on the red letter media shit. Yeah. Awesome stuff. So yeah, that's uh that would be like my highlight moment. Marriage Story would be the best film I saw other than Lighthouse and Parasite. And then uh The Climb was a very surprise, like awesome movie. I had no idea that was gonna be that great. Definitely check out The Climb. I'm just gonna talk about the ones that I rated eight or higher, I guess, and skip through everything else. Yeah. Um just going through my little schedule here. <clears throat> Uncut Gems was awesome. I know Ralph, you're excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Sassy Brothers. Yes, yes. Uh, good time I liked better, but still, this was great. Uh, Waves, the new Trey Edward Schultz from the guy that did uh, It Comes at Night and Cretia. Uh That was awesome. Oh, nice, yeah. <laughs> Lucy in the Sky was hilariously bad, but I'll talk about that in my quickie. Um, oh, yeah, The Invisible Life of Eurydice Guzmao, or however you pronounce it. That was awesome. That one know. is uh, that French or no? I think it, it's Portuguese. <laughs> Portuguese. Yeah, it was. That was a. I think you would like that movie that. a lot, actually, Ralph. That seemed like yeah, a movie that would I click well, I... click well with you. Okay. It's a uh, very well shot, very great sound design, and uh, great performances. It's just it's a it's a very nice story. Good. All right. I think uh, every other movie I saw was either seven or lower and i'll just you guys will just have to wait for my quickies because i don't want to take up too much time just talking about tiff but uh-huh. nice talking about movies we haven't seen yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> the lighthouse is coming out soon though yeah so. october if you guys want to i'll be seeing it a third time before its actual release date i'll be seeing it vancouver film fest <laughs> wow so. i don't think okay. it's out till january in the uk oh, so. fuck! <laughs> i think it's out a little early here because it's la so yeah, you know the art house. I could have snagged tickets at London Film Festival, but it was a bit too late. So, mm. wah, wah. damn it, mm. that sucks. You'll get to see it. You think? Yeah. Wasn't, yeah, find a didn't A twenty four distribute Midsummer pretty evenly? Yeah. But so I like, why would they not do that it. with the Lighthouse? I don't know. And this film's got buzz too. Yeah. Like, people are talking about the movie. Like they're, people they're are hyped. Out. There's like memes on Reddit about the trailer. You didn't get yeah. that with Midsummer. People, people, love people are Defoe. memeing it. That's how you know it's going to be yeah. big. People are memeing it, and it's not out yet. Yeah. Fuck. What are you doing, A24? You piss me off sometimes. I know. Get it together, boys. On Girls. the other hand, I can't think of a single other distrib- distributor that would distribute a, <laughs> a black and white movie with <laughs> this aspect ratio. Well, yeah, they're making some of the best movies around. So. Even if they do a kind of shit job distributing it, distributing it it's not like disney would distribute something like that it's not like universal or like any other studio would so you kind of just have to unless like a batman character was in it <laughs> yeah oh yeah if it was another joker Live action remake i did see joker yeah at the festival too but yeah i heard it was good it was good so i'm curious i heard uh goodfellas comparisons too which has me interested are you no? sure goodfellas <laughs> not taxi driver i heard yeah. taxi driver 
You're a taxi driver? I heard I heard Scorsese-esque. I've heard a ton of taxi driver and uh, King of Comedy comparisons, but not King of Comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love King of Comedy. We should talk about that one. Yeah, I haven't seen King of Comedy yet, but I know for a fact that Joker is not as good as it. (laughs) That's how I feel. (laughs) Well, you're probably right. I haven't seen Joker, but... But but what you have seen may surprise you. A Disney movie <laughs> named Oh Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> Aladdin. HIV. Do you want to talk about Aladdin? I just yeah, wanted to mention want. it briefly I mean, that I did indeed see it. I bought it on Blu-ray at the grocery store. Oh, I saw they. You had bought it. it on Blu-ray. I was like, okay, at the grocery store. You bullshit. Yeah. Well, because if I'm gonna <laughs> see it, I I gotta get the full experience. Did you get it on 4K? Get the highest quality possible. Um, not 4K. Well, that's so I guess the highest the quality possible. Experience you can get. So you're a liar. Yeah, I don't even have a 4K TV. You lied to me, Ralph. <laughs> you said the highest yeah, quality. Yeah, sorry, possible. I didn't watch Aladdin in 4K. Yeah. So it was 1080p. I feel like I got a good experience though. It was just the movie was bad. <laughs> you guys saw it in theaters, right? I didn't see it in theaters. Did Did you see it though, Alex? Like, did you actually see it? Oh uh, yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Um. Yeah, he said it was the biggest waste of time of the year. <laughs> Right. I, I, yeah, the movies I forgot <laughs> so incredibly insulting and bad, and I just can't believe that. Well, actually, no, I can believe it exists. It's just so sad. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the word for it. It's just sad, and like this just completely mm-hmm. misses yeah. the point of like the fun. Well, they've been doing the live action remakes for a long time. For, for, I feel but they this weren't point. this bad. They no, really it's just the breaking down of an idea. It's like a drop in quality for where they've been doing it for so long and they know it's so successful that they can just kind of release anything and it would make money. And that's what this is. It's like so lazy and factory produced and the whole thing feels so phony and, and cynical. Yeah. yeah. The production is so like flat. Everything is. Yeah. And the way they shoot like just dialogue in the movie is so goddamn boring. Man, mm-hmm. like scenes just go on and on. In the original, it's like so quick and snappy because it's just a really it short has a personality <laughs> animated film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It has. Charm. I haven't <laughs> seen a lot of Guy Ritchie movies, but like from watching this, it's just <laughs> it doesn't feel like a Guy I'm convinced movie. he can't direct a movie. Yeah, it feels like a like a hack made it, but it's really incompetent at points. Like how bad the acting is, and like like there's like Aladdin is introduced in like a, a flat wide shot, like from his back. And, was, and then they cut to like a shot, like a medium shot of him. I'm like, wait, there was supposed to be like a focus, emphasis on that character? What the fuck? Yeah. It's so poorly made. Jafar and sucks. Will Smith is terrible, too. Will Smith is terrible, but he's yeah. also the best part of the movie His somehow. Really he is? Well, what did you think is the best part of the movie? I think the best the part movie? of the movie is like, I guess, the set design and like costumes at some points. Actually, I, no, I can't yeah, even see that. I, I thought know, the sets were terrible. Yeah. yeah, well, that sucks. Like, what sets? It was a green screen. Right, it looked awful. The gold, like, palace set, that was so boring looking. It was mm-hmm. just all gold. <laughs> like, why isn't there, like, drapes or something to, like, contrast with this fucking bright gold set? And the costumes looked really cheap, too. You know what is really annoying about these Disney remakes that me and my my friends were talking about after we saw Aladdin was... They have this weird obsession that they feel as though they have to address every minor criticism of the original within the remake. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. oh, where's a Babwa on the map or wherever it was? Like, oh, it's the, it. You know, wow, crazy. People wouldn't really take their word that he came from a place that didn't exist. They would ask to see it on a map or whatever. Yeah. 
It doesn't. That doesn't matter. It's like cartoon logic. Yeah, exactly. But it's people like, want that explained. Yeah, it's but silly. it's like, who's it for? Because like there are people arguing right. that it's for a new generation of children that have never seen the original. So that kind of it's, it's not for them. <laughs> I think no. it's for adults. I, don't th- I, I, think would, I would I just show them the original. It's one. for adults, adults who that... have nostalgia for the <laughs> yeah. original. That's it. Yeah, I see people watch this shit on airplanes. I see adults watching these. <laughs> I don't see a lot of kids watching well, the new Aladdin, Aladdin on an airplane. They watch cartoons. Well, kids, yeah, kids don't watch <laughs> movies at all. They're on their phones, on yeah. on Twitter or whatever. Um, they give uh, the character of the genie and Jasmine like forty minutes extra of stuff to do in the like not plot or anything important, just shit to, to give them more time. They give Will Smith a love interest. They give Jasmine yeah, like was two weird. extra musical the numbers love that interest? have no impact on the story. That was dumb. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> what about like the quirky sidekick characters? They were totally like nerfed. Ugh. Like the bird is The so bird is not a character the anymore. There's no yeah. character yeah, he's left. Just, he's just now he is just a parrot. Like that is it. <laughs> yeah. It's realistic. And the monkey as well. Like he was he was so cute and funny in the original. Now he's just a monkey. Like, and it's it just didn't creepy. even look good. The monkey looked the, fucking All the terrifying. visual effects were really bad. And I kept thinking with the monkey and the bird, you could have gotten a real monkey and a real bird. And you yeah. could have put that on the set. But they're so lazy that they don't even want to do that. Yeah. There's no point. Like why even computer animate it if you're just going to try and make him like, ooh, realistic. The monkey was fucking right. terrifying. Well, then just get a real bird. I'll be like, oh, it's a real yeah, exactly. Bird. Might as well have been a real bird. <laughs> but but you understand why they why they uh, gave more time to Jasmine, right? Is because you can't yeah. you can't have like an actual remake of Aladdin in 2019. It's a bit aged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's but really a couple... that was her character served a purpose <laughs> in the plot, and she fulfills that in the original, and that's it. And this movie, she has 40 minutes of extra stuff, but she still fulfills the same purpose in the plot. Mm. So it's all just pointless. At the end of the day, she's still like the the damsel who needs to be saved by Aladdin or whatever. She got a new <laughs> song. The... <laughs> yeah, she got a new song that doesn't add anything. Ugh. Yeah, do you remember it? Can you can you sing that song nope. right now? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> and it felt out of place with the rest of it. Yeah, I will Fuck say you. that there was one the only time it, I got a rise at all um, because it was the most animated scene in the entire movie was. Will Smith's version of Friend and Me. <laughs> like, it was way worse in the original, but it was the only time something visually mm-hmm. somewhat stimulating was happening for me. Because it just turned into, like, an animation for a minute. Like, it was just totally crazy for a second. You said way worse than the original, right? Not way worse in the original. Yeah, right? much worse. Okay. No, much worse. Um, yeah, the scene is than the much worse. <laughs> yeah, like, when he starts, like, saying that he, he can rap and stuff, and it's like, what's, what's happening right now? Why yeah, are you doing this to me. The like it, it's so weird when they just re remake these songs because they have to, they 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 feel as though they have to modernize it. So like, what do you do? You just have a you have a louder beat, <laughs> slow it down mm. a little, <laughs> like more auto tune. The auto tune is really noticeable. Holy shit, the auto like the first song right off the bat with Will Smith singing, I was like, holy fuck, this sounds like a really fake. It's incredibly really fake because he can't it's sing. It's sad. Yeah. But it doesn't fit, like, the period of the movie. Like, if it was set in the future or something, and they're all talking like robots, okay? But yeah, it's a complete mess. <laughs> Some, like, Daft Punk yeah, yeah, vocoder. Fit. <laughs> That'd be right. awesome. But yeah, it's just anyway. boring. That's the worst thing about it. It's, That's, just, yeah. it's just completely boring and mundane and forgettable. Mm-hmm. It feels like no one actually cared about making it. 
It was very Guy Ritchie certainly didn't and like a product. If he did, no. it didn't show. I don't felt like it did. Who the fuck cared? It was just maybe it's just that assembly line process. Just all of the artistic magic is removed because, like, you think about how much money is put into all this shit, and then it's just fucking they they trim it in some like assembly line editing studio. Like the editing is fucking awful in this movie oh, too. Yeah, it is. It's, really <laughs> it's just bad. terrible, and there's no emphasis drawn on like any of the sets or costumes and the magic of it because it's like a fucking assembly line. Yeah, yeah, it just feels like work. And watching yeah. it feels like work as a result. Right. It's a chore. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people love it. I don't understand. I'm yeah. going to watch it with, the, know with why. the commentary track. I just want to know why. <laughs> I don't want to, like, yeah. d- d- shit on people for loving something. I just want to know what they loved. Because if, cause if be it all just they, goes they back to, like... memories of the original. Yeah, if it's just and, nostalgia. And songs, that's it. And, and, and all it is is, like, you can only attribute the positive aspects of this film to the original... Then I kind of have an issue, <laughs> you know. You're you're praising the wrong film. It's like you're That's you're praising the copycat, though, isn't it? Like a lot of people don't even analyze this shit. Like they just have a memory of things from their childhood, and they say, "Oh, that's been remade. Let's re- let's revisit that memory." And it like doesn't even matter if it's good or not. If yeah. it says Disney on it and Will Smith and all these like celebs are in it, then yeah. and the songs they know, then <laughs> they're just happy. You already know the yeah. songs. It's so much easier. <laughs> It's so lazy. Yeah, it's like a jukebox. It's, yeah. it's just nothing. Karaoke night. Yeah, with Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Well, while other people were watching Aladdin on the plane, and also the the, the Oscar winning short Skin was one of the the choices on the plane, which was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Huh, um, I watch. I rewatched The Emperor's New Groove and The Iron Giant. Emperor's New Groove. Oh. Cool. Didn't hold up as well as my memory. It was still enjoyable. Iron Giant, mm-hmm. I think I appreciated it more as an adult. I wasn't that big into it when I was a kid. I like really? that movie. Yeah. yeah, I love that movie as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got more out of it. Yeah, I, I I have good memories of it. Alex, did you watch that Dark Crystal show? Like the whole thing? <laughs> um, I haven't finished it all yet, um, but okay. I've seen about four yeah, or five episodes. Much of it, so. um, mm-hmm. It's good. It does... It does improve on the original a lot, um, like cool. I said in the last time I mentioned it. But yeah, yeah, people are people are digging it, man. We're a good amount through the podcast. I think we can start the uh, film recommendation if you guys want to. Cool. Let's right. do it. I'm hoping we'll get some good discussion out of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was my pick, and I picked the infamous Showgirls, directed by Paul Verhoeven, who you might know from Robocop or uh, well, some of the big <laughs> bugs. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, Mm -hmm. yeah, which are known for their sort of satirical slant with a goofy uh, subject matter. And Showgirls is the story of um, sort of a wandering woman who uh, called... What's her name again? Let me find it. Uh, Nomi. Nomi. Terrible name. Who... uh, Who dreams of becoming a showgirl, as the title suggests, and... Through <laughs> a lot of um, well, scenes that happen in the movie, it builds up to her kind of exploring the exploitation of strippers in Vegas. And uh, <laughs> the reason it's infamous, I guess, is because, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're going to get into that now because I don't know how reasons. you guys felt about the movie, but 
I got to say, I, I I didn't hate it as much as I was expecting. Like okay. this wasn't a Southland Tales experience for me. All right. Um, but <laughs> it was certainly unintentionally humorous and misguided in a lot of ways. I think with a lot of really bad performances and really bad scenes, <laughs> and a lot of just why what kind of moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw your rating, Ralph. So I vaguely know what you think, but. I don't know how Adam feels, and I want to know right this instant. Oh. Um, well, I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was very good. I thought it dragged on for fucking forever. I thought that the mm, main repetitive. character was fucking awful. She acted like a child the entire movie. And there, I, the entire time, it's, it's, I'm just struggling to understand, like, what's your fucking point here? You know, I, I get that they've tried to defend their points, being like, this is about, like, exploitation, you know. But it, it's really, mm -hmm. the film itself was <laughs> equally as exploitative <laughs> as what they're trying to to say is. But And, and it wasn't yeah, even done in a, a way, weird message. like, I'll, I'll defend Under the Silver Lake to the grave over that same mm -hmm. logic, because it's so obviously a commentary. But in this, it's just it's like... It's not as on the nose, though. Yeah, no. in, in this film, it just mm -hmm. it felt as though they wanted to make porn, but they didn't want to say they were making porn. <laughs> and that's basically how I'm... the audience treated it, because it, it bombed yeah. in theaters. And then as soon as it goes onto the, the home video market, it became one of MGM's top, top selling of all time titles, like the top 20. So it's like, of course... Mm -hmm. You so know, dudes, could dudes are gonna to yeah place, rent yeah. it and jerk off and be like, "Well, this isn't porn. I didn't I didn't rent porn. <laughs> I can it's feel art. good about myself <laughs> for not having rented porn, but it's porn." It has a cult following though. Like some yeah. people really rate the movie. Yeah, whether it be for because they think there is like a a brilliant satirical slant, or just because they like watching it in the same way <clears throat> one would watch The Room. You know, like people have viewing parties and get pissed and just uh, laugh at it at the gratuitous sex and nudity is not something that bothered me given like what the subject matter is of the movie yeah it didn't bother it's me it's like either. if it was about stripping in las vegas and it wasn't this crazy with the nudity i, I would be kind of disappointed honestly the the big claim to fame for this movie is that it's like an nc-17 like 40 million dollar studio movie mm -hmm. yeah uh, but that's really all it has going for it. Yeah. <laughs> because there's nothing really there. <clears throat> I think its message is kind of hollow. And like you said, Adam, it's really long. It's way too long yeah. and boring. And the, the characters are just fucking bad. Yep. And the script is Terrible bad. Terrible characters. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, Southland yeah. Tales is a good thing to bring up. Because that was like a satire of LA and this is a satire of Vegas and like mm -hmm. the stripping industry. Doesn't it tease um, and, and that in a, in a sequel they'd go to LA too? Like right yeah. at the very end, the like <laughs> the camera Next shows time. the the sign and the because I think I think they thought it was going to be a, a big hit because I was reading there was a bit of hubris involved from the director and writer of the movie mm -hmm. because of the success of Basic Instinct, which I haven't seen, but it wasn't really a critical darling, but it was a huge commercial success. So they must have thought, well. I mean, let's just do that again then, you know? Let's just yeah. double down on our own ideas and the audience will just eat it up because look what we did before. Mm -hmm. But it just was so flat on his face. Like every, like the director, he he loves this satirical slant in his movies, but he's with this like really serious material 
and then you have these actors who either are totally miscast or are yep. just honestly <laughs> bad at their job and it's just like such a, a mess like there are scenes where the actors are saying these lines and you're like do you actually understand why or like what this line means or why it, it you're saying it felt like a joke it? sometimes yeah and yeah. i guess people defend it by saying that like it's supposed to be a joke yeah but, but i don't it, know it's so inconsistent because sometimes there are <laughs> scenes where it's just like this just seems like you're giving a bad unconvincing performance it doesn't yeah. seem like the director yeah. is informed yeah, of you course. their like idea behind the message of this movie and the and, and it feels <laughs> like such have... a lazy cop-out too like it oh it's bad on purpose like i'm thinking to boogie nights which is similar to this and i guess well this came before boogie nights i mm. think um mm. but like that movie is like about a sexual industry and has tons of nudity in it but mm. it has real characters in it and it doesn't use like the satire excuse it's just a good movie and it's really entertaining and funny yeah, yeah is, there has to be some so substance there not that yeah and subtlety yeah, what kind of pisses me off about, you know, people, if, especially in regards to the terrible acting, trying to defend it, saying that that's intentional. Like, there's quotes from the writer saying that the, he regrets the casting decisions, right? There's like, like they <laughs> yeah. they have denounced a lot of the aspects in this film. They they've said said like, yeah, we fucked up. That rape scene was in bad taste and shit like that. So yeah, no, you're arguing with the filmmakers at that point. When you brought up the like sexual stuff not being um, that distracting, I was I was with it until <laughs> that moment. It was like this is so confusing. Even if this is supposed yeah, to be like a bad. satire, why is this scene in the movie then? Like, exactly. wh what is the satirical slant of this? This is just like a, a straight up no BS commentary right now. Like, th th what's yeah, the funny I, slant right now? I think that the intention was to try and have some sort of like counter argument to the whole oh american dream success story whereas this one's trying to be like yeah well you, you better be safe because it's not all sunshine and rainbows and you're gonna get raped and never meet your heroes and stuff like that like i think it was trying to be more of like a cautionary tale i just didn't see it as much of a comedy and it's not listed as one on imdb it's a drama <laughs> there's, there's moments where it tries to be funny mm -hmm. for sure but like i it's just it's it's a very confusing film in terms of like, what exactly were you going for with this? What were you going for with this? A lot of it just seems to exist for the purpose of, of I guess, giving people boners. <laughs> you know, I don't really have much of an issue with well, that, like sex in movies. Thing, I just though. wish that there was more of a point to it. Because if, if the mm -hmm. only goal in a scene is just to give someone a boner, then you can only enjoy it if you're, <laughs> you're of that sexuality. Yeah, mm. exactly. And, but also, she's stripping, and she's a stripper in this movie, so to show her stripping <laughs> is fine by me it, in excessive amounts of time. It, the issue was, for me, is that her stripping was ridiculous <laughs> and, like, yeah. laughable because of, like, her fucking flailing around. Yeah, she was what having was a seizure. And I'm like, I've never seen anyone strip like that. Yeah, That's just what, fucking what crazy. was that? It's not erotic at all. But <laughs> is that a commentary, or is that them actually trying to be sexy? I don't know. This it feels very confused. Yeah. Where, she, where she's... She fucks yeah, Twin Peaks out. guy, and it's like, <laughs> uh, I was like Tom I, I, yeah. that was the moment I broke and just started hysterically laughing because I just just like I, I don't know what you're trying to say here. Like, <laughs> there's nothing going on right now. Like every scene you have to take on its own and be like, well, if you just 
if you just take this little moment right here, you could say, well, that piece of dialogue is obviously trying to be really on the nose and satirical. But then the next scene, you have some horrendous, really melodramatic shit happen. And you're like, well, that that's clearly not satire of anything. That's like a completely different message. And then you have these characters like the... Um, that songwriter who has like a subplot in the movie where, James oh yeah. like pointless <laughs> he was yeah, such a that pointless character just bouncer? exists to explain the theme <laughs> yeah. of the movie yeah yeah the and he guy. just he just keeps showing up too he, yeah, yeah he shows like, up he shows and, up and to her he's... house it's like how the fuck did you know where she lived or he's whatever. a stalker yeah. also i don't yeah. know what kind of credibility you have when you say you're going to write your own number and perform it on stage when you're living in a shithole do you have any like do you have any evidence that you, that you're able to write and and direct some dance play? Like, why are you so upset that she's not taking it? Why was she so upset when she saw someone else in his bed? There's so there's so many poorly communicated ideas in this film, especially passage of time, especially that because you think the whole like it, it feels yeah. like the whole movie takes place over like a week, and then you hear these lines like, "Oh yeah, we're uh, we're engaged. She's having a baby." And shit like that, and then it's like, wait, well, okay. And there's a, there's so a how... huge time jump really early on. There too, is like for the first ten minutes, and then there's never like anything like that again or a title card. But, but then you get to like the so. end of the movie, and the guy's leaving Vegas that she met at the beginning. And it's like, was that guy in Vegas the whole time? <laughs> Does he just take multiple <laughs> yeah. trips? Like, how long was this movie? What what kind of time frame are we dealing with here? It felt like the whole movie took place over a week. It honestly did, but clearly that that's not possible given some of the plot elements. Mm. Right? I think. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It it just couldn't pick one aspect to kind of anchor the movie around. Like the main character is just unlikable and only really gets any depth right at the end of the movie where a lot of her motivations are explained just in a really sort of clumsy dump of exposition. Um mm. and then uh, it's just such a mess cuz like <laughs> it, it you just sat there <laughs> trying to break it down. Like, what is the meaning of a lot of this? Like, where sometimes it can be entertaining here and there. Like, there there is some okay, like musical numbers, I guess, and and some dancing here and there. But it is just so. It's such a missed opportunity because it is yeah. a like dancing and that kind of expression is like such a. It's, it's so perfect for cinema because it's it's visual and you can tell stories through that kind of language and like there there are loads of musical numbers in the movie where they're well not musical numbers but dancing numbers where they're performing mm. something yeah and they're not really used to enhance characters or explore dynamics between each other yeah. or because mm -hmm. that that's like the obvious thing isn't it like you you have these characters and the conflicts are explored through their job which is stripping or in you know being a showgirl or whatever yeah later on and, and develop so. the story that way almost like a musical but with dancing mm -hmm. instead and mm -hmm. apparently the um the, the the live show which is like an adaptation of the movie um oh, did yeah. that and has and got like critical acclaim for how <laughs> they had a focus and like adapted the songs and well yeah wrote new material and had a that's and, funny. And, like a fantastic lead performance who um, actually understood what was going on and there was a bit more focus there. And you can see like there are elements here and there where you it would be kind of an interesting story. Like the character, the main character on paper could be fun, could be interesting, could could have drama there. Like the, yeah. mm -hmm. could be a compelling character. But the she is just like stroppy and you don't really understand why she does the things she does for so long. And... <laughs> 
it's just frustrating. Like every element is a, is a little bit frustrating. It just builds and builds and it's so exhausting because of the repetitiveness. Like they keep reusing sets and things for these these like big dance numbers and it it's just tired. It really is. Yeah. I I do want to kind of I guess explore further into the uh Yes, they are strippers. Yes, that's the the story that is created and I can't possibly be like, "Oh yeah, they shouldn't show them stripping." But there should be some point to the amount of times that it's shown. There should be some point to the mm-hmm. degree at which it, it, it's shown. And even beyond that, when I say like, oh, yeah, a lot of this movie is just to like give people boners, like even some of the dialogue, like what was that scene where they were talking at dinner? It's like, I like nice tits. I always have. And she's like, I like oh, having scene. nice tits. And like, like that's a, what the hell oh, is that conversation? That might be the it's the like it's so it's embarrassing. Awful. Like, what is this for? Yeah. It's literally like some erotic role play bullshit. It's like two two people I trying to get each other off. No, I I think I took it as they're just very sexually provocative people, so they always talk like that, and they're always naked and whatever. It's just a thing to them. I'm okay with that. That's that's part of the world of the film. I didn't take it as I pornography. Know. I don't know because okay. like I I feel like I feel like I've, yeah, sure, I've met and I know way. tons of sexually provocative people and that's not like the day-to-day conversation that they have. It's not like it's, yeah. I don't I don't know anybody like that and I'm I'm a pretty big fucking degenerate, mm-hmm. okay? So like <laughs> to, to, to claim that that's just really, how people really are do ruin it. Like I don't know, there has to be something. The, the there. performances there has are to be porn something level. <laughs> that like drives the the story or like the conflicts. There's so many of the yeah, conflicts in this movie. Yeah, it's just that all that stuff is terrible. There's so much in this movie where I'm just like, it, it's just it's just thrown in. I'm like, oh, I guess you're mad at her now. Oh, I guess you're mad at the other person. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't develop it properly. And even when it gets to the point where it's like. Oh yeah, she's so upset that she didn't get the part as the understudy. I'm like, it still didn't really properly communicate how much that meant to her. We, it just insisted that it did. You know, yeah. it's just it's so frustrating. It felt like a big waste mm-hmm. of time. It it literally just felt like right. like a movie that was trying to be porn and disguise itself as something different. Because like <laughs> that's what they were marketing themselves as too. It's like we're NC seventeen. Yeah, that's that they use that sexual aspect to market the movie. Yeah. We're going to be the closest to porn without technically being porn. <laughs> Have a story then. Sure, but I don't think that's how they see it. I don't think that's how the director and, and actors see it. They're not seeing it as porn. I'm trying to see, like, why they did it. And I think because that's I why. Think it, I was reading, though, <laughs> it, it was pitched to the actors and, like, a lot of people involved that it was supposed to be this... this um this message about the exploitation of women in these industries. Yeah. And that's why so many people were got involved and wanted to be in the movie well how how mm-hmm. else do you sell it to real actors <laughs> like how, what else are you gonna well, yeah. say and it it ruined the lead actor's career yep elizabeth berkeley and she she was only paid well, her acting ruined dollars. her career to be fair yeah well yeah her acting yeah. is not good in most things i've seen her in yeah it, it's just a sad story yeah, it really is. This movie's a total disaster, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Did you find it entertaining? Like sometimes, there were there aspects and parts of it that well, you found I was, enjoyable. The conflict I was having was that I was approaching it knowing that there is a cult following around it, and you know, in the same way, like Freddy Got Fingered has a bit of a 
yeah, the critics and the re audience mm -hmm. response was this way, but now like people are starting to read things about it. And so the whole time I was, I was probably over analyzing it. Cause if, if I just saw it in the theater when I, when it came out, I'm sure my response would just be, well, that was pretty shit and boring. <laughs> <laughs> also, you were like two years old or something when it came out. <laughs> yeah, I would have been, I would have been one. <laughs> interesting to watch as a yeah. one-year-old <laughs> there's a there's a movie called short bus that i might have mentioned on this podcast mm -hmm. before do you guys know what that is yeah i do so i heard it's good it's great it's it's a movie yeah. basically uh oh, what's his name david robert mitchell or something he basically created this story based on the casting of the actors so he cast people saying like okay we're gonna make a movie it's going to have a plot. It's going to be about characters, but you're going to have sex in the movie for real. And you got people that were willing to do that. You know, some I, I don't know if like many of them were like porn actors or not, but they, they could all act better mm. than like you would see in like a porn, I guess. Mm. And he constructed their characters based around them and kind of like let them discover what their conflicts should be, et cetera, et cetera. And so you have this movie where they literally have money shots. It's it's 10 times more pornographic than Showgirls. It's not just tit, sh tit shots, like no. you see actual fucking. But it has yeah, it has like, real characters, <laughs> and it has a real story, and it's actually uh -huh. really good. And there's like dramatic elements to it. You know, there's there's like good music. Like it's a, it's a really great movie. And, and yeah. so like it doesn't really matter like how pornographic you want to be. Just remember that there should be a movie in there somewhere or else you're just making porn. Porn doesn't give a shit about the story. <laughs> right. Porn doesn't give a shit about the characters, and neither did this movie. So that's why it feels like porn, right? <laughs> exactly. Just, All that stuff was so substandard. It, it comes across as porn. Yeah, basically, it's porn in yeah, widescreen. It's the acting is one of the worst aspects of it. Like the typecasting of Elizabeth Berkeley. It's because she was in Saved by the Bell, and she wanted to do something counterintuitive or, or counter, I guess, her image. Mm -hmm. And same thing with Paul Verhoeven. I guess that's what he wanted. But it's like when they casted The Rock in fucking Southland yeah. Tales. It's yeah. not that the character actually fits her or that she's good. It's that she's there, and she wants to do it. But that's Which is not a reason to cast her as the lead. And she really doesn't... I, I didn't buy her in the role at all. When it came to her just sitting down and like talking, having dialogue with other characters, she was really bad. And no one else was as bad as her, I thought. Even yeah, she uh, was Gina, 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 Gina Gershon was much better than, than her. And even her character was like ridiculous over the top. Yeah. It just it just felt like a really elaborate excuse to show strip scenes. It felt it felt like <laughs> a lot of the movie was like if if you let's say these shows exist in Vegas and then some of the shows would be taped and they'd sell a DVD. That felt like half of the movie, more than half the movie. was like I was just watching a taped performance of something that I could have seen live if I wanted to well go shot. to a strip club, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know? It, it, I mean, like, it was more well shot than a taped performance, for sure. But yeah, it, it had high production yeah, value, high so production it should value. be. I, yeah. I like that they did... Take, like they did shoot it in Vegas. I could tell yeah. they were like in the they were like in the Paris hotel, whatever. They were like eating in that. They were like on the strip. It looked yeah. real and yeah. cool. Uh, you could tell there was money behind it. Of course, it's just a shit story. Yeah, it, it, fucking Avatar has more subtlety than movie <laughs> in terms of what it's trying to achieve. Like I kept thinking about a film like Black Swan, 
where it is about like an industry oh, yeah, and that too. taking a character and making it be a character study about the person and how like fucked up and how obsessive people become. And that's a really interesting angle because they focused on that. But then they also have this like sort of idea of trying to deconstruct capitalism or something and all, all these it is weirdly similar to Southland Tales like it really is like it it didn't pick uh, like a <laughs> theme one theme <laughs> one idea one central message and and the message they claim it is is so vague like yeah it's yeah, insisted course, like how how could you not like I can't believe people didn't think it was some kind of on the nose satire when it came out because you literally have a character who just says the themes of the movie mm -hmm. <laughs> how could how could you miss what it's trying to do it's just very bad at doing that it's like without yeah. the character saying it it's like it just it's just just feels like a porn <laughs> like like why did yeah. you make this like, yeah like the characters are annoying the plot is largely uninteresting really because you, you, you have no investment in the character yeah because it is just yeah. so over the top it, if they wanted to go for this uh, hyper satirical kind of tone it needed to be either way more subtle or way more cartoonish and over the top like like his previous movies or his yeah. other movies it's just Otherwise, more interesting just it was yeah. so predictable like yeah these these people want her to dance and then she's hired and she's going to perform at the big show. It's so obvious where the story's going. You've seen it a million times. There's nothing and, special. Yeah. It is yeah. like Velvet Buzzsaw or Southland Tales where it's like, yeah, we all, everyone already knows this, this. This thing you're trying to say, these vague themes. Oh, yeah, rampant capitalism is bad. <laughs> yeah, big business yeah, is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Or more specific about it. Yeah, like explore how vague... it affects someone. <laughs> really delve into a character and make us understand them and, and why it is so depressing or or sad instead of just throwing all this shit on the screen and trying to, <laughs> trying to make us just figure it out. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> what a mess. Yeah. It, it's... There's so, many, there's so many elements of it where, as I said, uh, the passage of time is a big one. There was that scene where um, the the guy slips on those pieces of jewelry or whatever, and the girl like dislocates her knee or something. And yeah. and in that scene, it's like everything leading up to it, them like going up the stairs, like oh great, you you got to get ready, your your cue is soon, blah blah blah. Like it gives the impression, I think, that it's like their actual performance and not a rehearsal. But then that happens, and then nobody attends to this person. Like they all dance around her and maybe that's yeah, supposed I found that very weird that maybe that's supposed to be some sort of commentary but then like w n not once do we get a single crowd shot or anyone from the audience reacting to what happens on stage but then by the time they actually address it and the lights are up and they're like oh you fell you hurt yourself we can see the entire room and there's nobody in the seats and it's like well you never communicated that this was a rehearsal. Was it supposed to be? Or did everybody... Yeah. Did you wait until the entire audience cleared out before any of you even left the stage and the lights are on and you're finally addressing this person that has this injury? Like, what is happening? Yeah. There's so much that's just so terribly communicated and it's so confusing. And that whole scene, that whole sequence, its only point is set up for why the main character can get away with pushing down her rival down the stairs. Because it just yeah. explains that other dancer who, yeah, yeah, it's insinuated she was the one who made the fall happen, and it's kind of echoed later on. It's like really that you wasted that much time on a setup like, like that mm -hmm. with for it's that so kind clumsy. of payoff. 
Yeah, it's just no proper direction. Yeah. There was definitely a lot of money behind it. Like, it was well shot mm. to some extent, but there's other, like, I don't know, you could call this nitpicky, but um, there, there's just things that bothered me about, I guess, the planning of each scene, like when the the fat lady is roasting that guy and somehow everybody in the club hears her, even though she's not miked, and it's just like, what's what's happening? You know, just little things like that that, that are just constant throughout the movie that just piss me off. It's just, there's no there's no element of, like, care or perfection if this genuinely felt like an idea that someone was passionate about that they wanted to communicate to the world then i would feel much more forgiving for this film but there's no element mm -hmm. of that it really just feels like they yeah. just wanted to get a bunch of people to do lap dances and strip on camera and like ooh you're watching something that's not porn but it is well, I guess, yeah, I guess because it has no focus, the only takeaway you really have is that loads of women were naked and dancing. So, of course, like that's yeah. that's just what it is. Because there ain't much else going on. That's movie. the heart of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Every fucking line of dialogue. No, the heart of the movie is that she was a talented dancer and she could make it if she really wanted to. Nomi, do my boobs look any bigger to you? It's just every fucking five seconds. It's just... It's How so did you feel about the when it when it suddenly became like a revenge movie for a little bit? Yeah, after that was the terrible. rape scene. I yeah, thought there was going to be more of like a a, a a payoff or something for that. Because mm -hmm. like that she, whole, that she whole just, thing could have been removed. Yeah, so her friend gets raped, then she goes and beats up the guy who rapes him. Yeah, with Chekhov's okay. knife, and then, and then she and then she abandons him. And and kung fu, she <laughs> yeah. learned taekwondo. That's the, yeah. that's the arc. But like, uh -huh. what? Why? Why did you set up this uh, roommate character if she's not gonna have any real point or some kind of like arc to do with the main character? Like, I was I was really expecting for her to be like to delve into uh, <laughs> how like after the the whole horrific rape thing, I, I thought she would address like how just going and beating the guy up like. What are you doing? Like that's not a solution, really, to mm. anything. That you, <laughs> but they don't ex they don't explore any of the interesting ideas or concepts they throw in there. You know, like you can't yeah. you can't just use a, something as horrendous as like a rape scene in that way. It can't be so flippant and suddenly you just be like, okay, now we're just like an exploitation film for a little minute. But then earlier, like <clears throat> it's not exploitation and it's trying to be serious. But then another it so time goofy. it is, and it's just flip flops. Yeah. Mm. It's so, but like the actual scene is is so like over the top, and I, oh yeah, I, it's just something about using that as a as like a plot device in that way, and it and it's there's nothing there's no commentary or satire to that. It is just it is what it is. It's blatant. Yeah, yeah. It felt like something that would have belonged in Grindhouse or something. Y yeah. Because it is just it is just exploitation. There's nothing else mm -hmm. to it. It's just shocking, like like what the whole movie's going for. I guess is just look, movies don't normally do this, and we're doing it. Isn't that interesting? Crazy. Yeah, Naked is it supposed women to be everywhere. like a, like a dark turn for the story. Like now, this is when you start taking it seriously, like like a boogie nights kind of thing. When, yeah. Uh, like Don Cheadle's in the 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 donut shop or whatever. Yeah. When well, it gets I thought robbed. maybe they would is do it that so, too. Is it something like that? Or but is they it don't. Just they like double tasteless... down on the goofiness, and she just right. goes and beats him up. 
like the end of Death Proof. Like the, mm-hmm. I mean, even like even even going back to the scene itself, like <laughs> she wanted to fuck him anyway, and then he's like, "No, it has to be a threesome, and it's gonna be rape." And like they they could have just roofied her, but they just punch her in the fucking face, and then like everybody uh, yeah, at this no party should it. theoretically know that that happened, and like she literally walks out all bloodied and like right out of the room, like everybody sees it, yeah. and then it's like, oh, you can't call the police, and it doesn't really explore that aspect at all like there's this kind of hinted at element of like oh they're too powerful and this is just something that happens and because you're a woman you're being exploited and you should just expect to get raped or something but they don't really develop on that at all it's kind of just like over and done with yeah nothing gets development really like all it really is is just a plot and nudity and like an uninteresting one of that uh what plot just well, <laughs> it's it's barely there. It's her going from stripper to then showgirl, and then yeah. abandoning it when it turns out it's not everything she hoped and dreamed. Great, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, <laughs> what at what other angle could it have gone? Like it's right. It's... <laughs> the second the movie started, I'm like, it's gonna end with her going down the same road, isn't it? And like going back, and then fucking did. <laughs> it's so predictable yeah, and obvious. Yeah. I'm glad you uh, mentioned that that one guy was from Twin Peaks. I was trying to pinpoint why I recognized him. He reminded oh, me yeah, of... Yeah. He's, uh, he's pretty good. Kyle MacLachlan is an awesome actor. He reminded me a bit of Emo Parker, just the way his hair was. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I had the same thought, yeah. I, I had that, yeah. But do you know he, he, in particular, hates the movie? I think a <laughs> I lot of people that. who worked on this movie hate the movie. <laughs> but why him in particular? Uh, do you want me to read his um, his quote? Yes, please. I was absolutely gobsmacked. I said, this is horrible. Horrible. And it's a very slow, sinking feeling when you're watching the movie. And the first scene comes out, and you're like, oh, that's a really bad scene. But you say, <laughs> well, that's okay, the next one will be better. And you somehow try to convince yourself that it's going to get better. And it just gets worse. And I was like, wow, that was crazy. I mean, I really didn't see that coming. So at that point, I distanced myself from the movie. Now, of course, it has a whole other part as a sort of inadvertent satire. No, satire isn't the right word, but it's inadvertently funny, so it's found its place. It provides entertainment through not in the way I think it was originally intended. It was just maybe the wrong material with the wrong director and the wrong cast. You fucking nailed it. It's really <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'll be getting rid of this Blu-ray. I don't even find it that great as a <laughs> as a so bad that it's good movie. Oh, by the way, I should probably fucking mention it's too long. The uh, Blu-ray yeah. special features <laughs> included uh, pole dancing and lap dancing tutorials, and they were like the trashiest <laughs> fucking special features I've ever seen. Oh no, no, I read um, because it was such a hit on VHS. Yeah, they tried they to like, like remarket a special it. Edition. Yeah, they released a special edition that came with, like, a nude poster of the main character with, like, special, like, a game you play where you, like, pin something on her breasts and stuff. Like, they really <laughs> leaned into that aspect. Wow. It It is just like, yeah, they'd sell it in a, like, a porno shop. Sleazy, <laughs> yeah. like, sex They're selling shop. it unironically in that way, <laughs> like a pornography. It's ridiculous. What are you going to do? Yeah. Who else is going to buy this yeah. movie? Fuck. Exactly, because the movie itself has nothing else going for it, <laughs> aside from that. Boobs, the movie. Boobs. Would this yeah. film even get a rise, though, now, if it was released? Because uh, we live a in rise, like the pornographic like, 
Yeah. 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 Excuse my. my language. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're so desensitized to nudity and stuff like that now because of the the yeah. internet and the way we can just look at whatever we want whenever we want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's so funny. Like <laughs> it's a so film funny. fifty years ago, you could only see like a naked woman like on film like that in a theater and that's it there was no home release there was yeah, no exactly. internet or porn or anything so it was special 95 and like, had a novel release right 95 but it had uh it had novelty yeah. to it back then now i mean that's why like those 80s slasher movies and all that bullshit has like nudity in it all the time but now it's like whatever like you said alex fucking people watch porn all the time on the computer you have phones yeah. it doesn't yes. matter so you couldn't sell the movie on tame and on, yeah. and like that note that's yeah. what I kept thinking too. It was boring. It was either boring or laughable. The nudity. That's why I was never like offended by it or anything. Who who are you even protecting anymore? All these like right crazy Christian moms. Like who are you even protecting? Your thirteen year old's <laughs> already seen so much yeah. more fucked up shit than you ever will in your entire life. The internet's here. <laughs> Showgirls, yeah. especially. Move out of the way, Grandpa. Yeah. People are eating ass now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think. Uh, I think that wraps up my thoughts Man. on this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what do you give it? Um, probably a two. There was some production value there, but yeah, I think two's two's a decent one. Uh, two out of five for the laughably bad parts, for like the the good cinematography. I guess there were some parts that were entertaining. Too many characters. The plot is terrible and melodramatic. The acting is awful. It's just a terrible movie. I see why it has this reputation. Yeah. yeah. Mine was two out of ten for yeah. the first time listeners, by the way. Yeah. Two out of okay. ten. Yeah. yeah. Two out of five I'm, for me. So I guess, what uh, is that, four yes. in your rating scale? Yeah, four out yeah. of ten. I think I'd give it a one and a half stars out of five. Um, mm. it's, it has no focus. The characters are unlikable. The, the dialogue is just next level. <laughs> embarrassingly bad <laughs> i got one <laughs> you do go it. for it oh me first yeah you go first <laughs> um one of my favorite lines was i see you hiding from what from you <laughs> okay <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> oh yeah yeah really deep i noted down the part where they were talking about doggy chow and how much they loved doggy chow oh yeah it was in that all that awful scene where they're, where they're talking about how much they love boobies. <laughs> what were they... It's just... Yeah. I, 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 it's not totally hopeless to me. Like, quite, I, don't, I didn't have the rage the whole time like I did with something like Southland Tales because it was just so frustrating to me. The, the, this film has slightly more going on than Southland Tales, which isn't exactly like positive particularly. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm never going to watch it again. Um it's just I totally understand the reputation, and I I wouldn't say I regret watching it particularly. I'm I'm glad I can just say yeah, yeah I've seen Showgirls now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I kind of get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. one and a half stars. That's what my roommate said after it was over. <laughs> At least I can say that I've seen it. Yeah, that's that's like one of the most positive things you can say about it. It's like, well, <laughs> at least I can say I've seen it and I'm part of the conversation now. I suppose. <laughs> That's about I've it. I've seen the parts where people don't get naked. <laughs> What's that, like three minutes of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking 5% of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, question time. Uh, oh, dear. 
Yeah, let's do some questions to get that out of our heads. So if you want to leave questions for us to answer on this section for the next Sardonicast, head over to the Sardonicast Reddit, where Ralph will leave a thread, and you can ask us whatever you want. Just like <laughs> Poo Poo Splash did. <laughs> hey guys, what would you say was the first movie that made you fall in love with film as an art form? Ooh, okay, I have a good one, because I just talked about it. King Kong from 1933, because, mm. like, those effects, I mean, they don't look real, obviously, but they're really inspired and entertaining, especially yeah. to, like, a, a 10-year-old who's, like, playing with action figures all the time. You're like, wow, mm-hmm. it's fucking amazing what they were able to do, especially back then with with no, um, not the technology we have now, fucking editing on machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say that one. I loved watching that as a kid. <clears throat> there were um, there were plenty of things that I loved watching when I was a kid, um, but I think the first time that I really started thinking about like how the creative decisions of a film can influence the final product and what would count as like a purposeful decision would probably be with uh, Christopher Nolan's Memento, because. I really, mm. I really appreciated that the way the story was told was uh, relevant to how the main character experiences the film, and it sort of puts you in the mind of the main character, being like constantly confused and everything's like backwards. And even though, like, you know, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't literally experience time backwards or anything like that. But I, I think that it was just a really intelligent decision in terms of how the story was told and it really got me thinking of like okay well they could have told this story from beginning to end chronologically but they didn't and it and it kind of got me into just i guess understanding why that decision was made and how it benefited the experience hmm. yeah oh, interesting i yeah, had mine... an experience oops sorry you go ahead <laughs> i shouldn't say that <laughs> mine mine leaned mostly into horror because when you're a little kid you for some reason, like there are certain people that just gravitate towards things that scare them. And I was obsessed with Tremors and the original Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that kind of response, it could rise out of you. Like the, just the, just the scares, the atmosphere, like being transported to another world and being able to get like an, an emotional response from, from a film. Um, beyond like you know just the the usual kiddie st- stuff because w- when you're like watching a horror movie when you're really young you think like yeah yeah I'm like I'm an adult now I'm I'm getting older I'm watching <laughs> stuff that's not not meant for me I was like I'm above yeah. my pay grade right now so that's when I really started thinking about that kind of thing well made mm-hmm. uh, well it made me fall in love with it as the yeah. question I, I had that with like Friday the Thirteenth that's why I love those movies yeah those are yeah. like the first adult movies I got to watch. So, like, Adam, what you were saying, like, having a more um, deeper experience with the film, like, understanding the mm-hmm. craft of it, <laughs> like, whatever. I had that, I guess, one of the first times is, like, when I was 13, and I saw The Social Network in a theater. Like, mm. you know, seeing, because before that, I, I didn't ha- I didn't even have the mental facility to even understand a, a film, you know, like that, because you're a kid. You watch fucking action movies, superhero movies, and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just, like, watching that, and they're talking about, like, diluting shares of stock and fucking you know it's like a drama a serious drama and i was a 13 year old watching it i felt like a big boy (laughs) kind of like how you felt alex like just watching like an adult film that was a drama that i found interesting and i enjoyed and i understood and i understood like uh, the the craft of making it somewhat so that was a nice experience for me Uh, i put social network on that list nice 
Anyway. Yeah. yeah. You should have watched Showgirls. Would have made you feel like <laughs> yeah, Showgirls would have been a good one. That would have left an impression <laughs> on I'm you. I'm a big kid now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I found more the sort of early internet age with the way people talked about film was more um, mm-hmm. inspiring to me in terms of that aspect of like understanding like the craft and appreciating how stories are structured and things like that. Like I, I was just totally obsessed with um, Spill.com when that that website oh, me too. was around. Like I just that that's what really sparked the more sort of critical line of thinking beyond just like viscera. But yeah, yeah, I, I was that. I was all I over the uh, IMDb forums when that was a thing. Yeah, everyone's got their thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My IMDb account is over thirteen years old. I've had it for a very long time. Yeah, that's that's legit. I wish I still had mine. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Rest in <laughs> peace. <laughs> Got to leave. Love on a leash. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. The movie still <laughs> it has like a nine point five, yeah. like five thousand ratings. You can't. I was reading that the reviews all of those the other ratings day. Ratings are fake. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're all real. Yeah. One of the reviews says it's like Citizen Canine. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does have a nine point five still. Jesus. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It should be on the list of highest rated movies ever. <laughs> yeah. That's the next step. I think it has to have a certain amount of rating. <laughs> yeah, it's got to have a lot. Oh yeah, they to changed it, didn't they? It's yeah. over yeah. ten thousand. Still, or something. we we got to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess you can continue to encourage yeah, people conti- to rate that because what are they the going to do? Exactly. Ban your account twice. Meanwhile, <laughs> I am stressing for people not to do that because I still have an IMDb account. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Naha71012 has a good one for us. What films do you think best represent and encapsulate your own country? That's a good yeah. question. I'd say Goodfellas is a good one. Uh, Casino <laughs> and mm. uh, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Team America. <laughs> Team America, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> um, right, let me find some positive ones while you guys think. <laughs> I mean, some positive for America. It's really difficult for me because, like, Canada is so many different vibes depending on where you yeah. go. So, like, the stereotype Canada is is like kind of like small town Ontario or like like kind of like eastern like Newfoundland almost. And then you have like mm-hmm. Quebec, which is like French Canada, right? And that's the, that's a completely different mm-hmm. vibe. So it's a little difficult. Um, I'm trying to think there's like, I don't know, you could say like the trailer park boys movie or something or like, uh, <laughs> yeah. something like that. That's like just pretty, pretty Canadian. Um, man, I'm trying to think of a good one here. There's like, <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. Like when you say <laughs> en- encapsulate Canada, what exactly do you mean? It's, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. way harder for you. Like a real Canadian it, like, experience. So many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, America's got oh, a lot. Oh, you know, so. a decent one would be Scott Pilgrim. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a so, pretty Canadian movie. Like it, it recognizes mm-hmm. and yeah. pokes fun at it being like a Canada movie, even if a Canadian didn't yeah. make it. Well, well, yeah. Speaking of Scott Pilgrim, Edgar Wright, um, of course, is English. Oh, and yeah. The Cornetta trilogy is yeah, of course. The Shaun of the Dead is kind of like Londoner life. Hot Fuzz is like country life, and. What's it? This is what's it called? The 
I get always get confused with that fucking Seth Rogen movie. <laughs> the World's End is the, the World's one. End. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. sort of like the pub culture kind of thing uh-huh. that's huge here. So that, that that's like a perfect trilogy. And if you want to get more serious, like um, uh, this is England, of course, and Snatch. They're like really big um in the north yeah. and encapsulate that sort of thing. And honestly, Harry Potter. Um, has a lot of sort of English, super hyper English stuff, and every English actor is in that franchise. I don't even really like it, but it does. It is it is really English. I would say um, there's more Canadian television shows that are that feel really Canada, yeah. than there are movies. Like Kenny versus Spenny <laughs> is a Canada show. Um, mm. uh, Nirvana, the band, the show, like that. The entire. The entire show is is like they wanted to showcase Toronto, so there's so many like yeah. especially if you've been to Toronto or you're Canadian, there's so many things in that that are just like yes, this is a, a Canadian thing, just things that you wouldn't really mm. understand or be familiar with if you weren't from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, to mention a movie we talked about already, American movie is a good example of yeah. a movie that embodies America. Even though it's a documentary, yeah. it embodies that like American spirit, the American so. dream. Even those guys could America's got a lot of variety, of course, so it's hard to like pick one movie to like represent all of it. But oh, I yeah. think that does a good job. And um there's a David Lynch movie called Straight Story about a man riding his tractor across the country to see his brother and that's a great little hmm. american movie <laughs> it's right. just a simple little nice. story and it's yeah. not like a david lynch movie like the normal crazy shit you'd expect yeah. from him it's just like a straightforward it's like a disney movie actually it's just a straightforward movie about this fucking old guy and it's really hmm. sweet so, disney some some yeah some good american movies okay owen underscore poe has one i want to know to adam and ralph my question is what is to you this, the film series equivalent to what Madagascar 2 and 3 are to Alex? So, i.e., what movies, uh, film series yeah, with controversial mean? elements <laughs> that, you, that you love both ironically and unironically to an uh, obsessive but, amount, but also potentially judged harshly by the other podcast members? Does it have to be like a series? Uh, no, I, I don't think it has to be a series. Just guilty pleasures, basically. Do you actually like Madagascar 2? Well, as the question <laughs> says, like, like as a joke or, <laughs> yeah, I find it hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I, I maybe bring it on six hashtag cheer smacked. I guess I, I don't think oh, that's a dude. good movie. Obviously, it's fucking hysterical how bad it is. It's it's so bad and so poorly written, and there's so many cheer puns in it. I yeah, that's, a great that's exactly the kind it's of thing. It's hysterical. I fucking love the Saw movies so much. <laughs> the Saw movies yeah. are good ones. I yeah, think I yeah, think that would be a pretty good answer. Like Saw six and seven talking, are the best ones for me. <laughs> Those are the best. <laughs> we were talking about like porn level acting. The fucking Saw movies <laughs> yeah. have like porn level acting. They are they are fucking terrible. Yeah, <laughs> the production value just goes so down over the movies. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, but I, I just don't know love the, the lengths they go to explain the plot. That's oh, the funniest that's the, thing about. I, I love it. <laughs> that's they need to keep it as convoluted as as those movies. We'll never see yeah, anything yeah. like that again. To. Just keep going. Because like we keep so... saying it, they should have done like the twin brother thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fucking jigsaw. Yeah. They no, totally should. They, they could still it. do it. <laughs> oh, no it's not to too not. late. <laughs> <laughs> The Saw series is so fucking special because, like, you get so many different horror movies 
that have had many more films in the series, like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, etc. But the entire catch, the, the entire gimmick of Saw, what made the first one successful was the twist. And so every film following that was like, okay, we need a twist. At the end of every movie, there <laughs> needs to be a twist. And so it has to like keep rewriting and retconning in like all the most ridiculous <laughs> ways possible to just be like, no, yeah. they were helping the whole time and she was also helping the whole time and you just never saw her. She was off screen and saw one, but she was there. And I love how many times it does <laughs> yeah. that. I love how confusing it gets. And like only the only the most diehard Saw fans will ever understand what the fuck is going on by the time you hit like yeah. Saw 4 or 5. But they keep going yeah. and then they keep making it more complicated. And like... Even the aspects of like the porn level acting, like that one woman who was Jigsaw's wife. Like you go into the oh, in some God. of the interviews, you find out that she got engaged to one of the producers, and that's how she got the role. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is so funny. There's so much about. She doesn't even know that. anything about Saw or like the story. Carrie always fuck. didn't know anything about Saw. <laughs> it was so funny. Ah, oh, it's one of my favorite that's series. So Fucking the guy from Lincoln Park is in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Chester Bennington. Yeah, mm. it's great. They don't it's say they're welcome. They That's their in. secret. Yeah, that is their secret. They're always just entertaining, whether it be for reasons not intended or because just the gore is just so over the top and ridiculous. Yeah, that's why people. That's why saw people it. watch them for yeah. the, the the traps. Was one the every reason. Halloween, make a movie a year, and then you know mm. there wasn't any competition until Paranormal Activity came out, and that's how it was able to survive. The most convoluted plot of all time. But people saw it for the gore, and so they they were able to be successful. And ninety nine percent of the people that watched the movies would be like, "Oh man, that's some crazy gore. I'm I'm like squeamish right now, or that's yeah. weird." But for the plot, they'd be like, "Who the fuck is this? What is that? What's going on?" But they kept watching them, <laughs> and that's just yeah. so special. We'll never see anything like that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about this one from Brando Malden? What video game series has your favorite lore and characters? Wow, interesting. Yeah. Bioshock like... is a pretty interesting one. I really mm. like the, the world of that. My answer is Red Dead. Oh, Red nice. Dead? Yeah, by far. I, I, man, that's so, so good. It's so yeah. good. Really well-written characters. Yeah, they're so... It just feels so real, especially in the second game. Like the character archetypes are so well explored, and the the motivations are so strong, Mm -hmm. and they slowly build over time. And it's like, it's like a a long running TV show within a game with the production of a movie. It's so Mm -hmm. well done. Yeah. Um, Mass Effect. That's one of I think I think probably the only game that I've played where I actually went into the like codex and clicked on every Same. single thing and was like, I want to know all about this universe. Like that, that is one of my favorite universes to exist in, in fiction. The Hanar are a... <laughs> yeah. I, like I wanted to know everything about them. Yeah. yeah I was so invested. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. And I, and, and even on top of that, like ignoring the lore, like I love the characters too. Garrus. Yeah. Amazing. Husbando. <laughs> I mean, come on! Everybody thinks that, <laughs> but um, yeah, very well written characters. Third game kind of fucked things up story wise, but whatever. 
Yeah, that's what hurt the law thing for me, is the third one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then Andromeda. Oh, which God. I will never play. play. <laughs> okay. No, no. Yeah, I, I reckon that game is so bad that it's good. Like, I, I was... <laughs> I, I was playing it recently. <laughs> it the facial animations. Yeah, they look pretty yeah. funny. No, and there's this weird thing you can do where when you're running, they like over animated <laughs> it in this strange way where yeah. if you like flick the sticks in a certain way, the legs are just, they're just completely fucked. Awesome. It, it yeah. looks like a, a crab. It's, it's like, <laughs> like, like a around. chicken walk or something. It's yeah. so bad. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, uh, for universes, I was going to say, though, like the portal. Um, yeah. What is it? Half Life, all that yeah. stuff. I yeah, like that's that. Good that's Black a good Mesa, universe. all that. Yeah, it's a really cool one. Man, I wish I could say Halo, but I really just don't like how much they've they've <laughs> tried it's to fuck. explain. It's fucked, dude. Yeah, because like Halo One had a great universe and story, and to some extent characters. And then as soon as Halo Two happens, and I know a lot of people will disagree with me on this, but like. I think they just fucked everything up. <laughs> you don't think it was when four when the real collapse happened? I mean, uh, that's when they fucked things up more. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. Halo five didn't even beat it. You ain't missing much. Yeah. You really ain't. Yeah, I don't think so. It was like Southland Tales, like all the story was just in comics and, and books outside of the game. Oh my god. You so unsatisfying. There's a game I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the game developer Suda fifty one at all. Yeah, no I am. Yeah. I yeah. So. His games are fucking wild. And they're Crazy. so confusing. And so like I've been going through all of his games. I think I, I don't know, I've done at least five of them now. Some of his games, like Killer Seven and especially like the kill the the silver case. The plot is just so fucking nonsense, but there are fans of this game. There are people who, who have, like, uncovered every single little detail and have so much higher of a grasp than I ever will on his games that are in my Twitch chat trying to explain things to me, and it still doesn't make sense. But, yeah, people love No More Heroes, don't they? That's probably yeah. his most popular I'll be I'll be playing game. that one soon. Oddworld has a cool you universe. Guys have a- you ever delve into like the the Soul series? Because we actually had a question yes. about that. People asking about it because that's very like deep hidden lore stuff that people totally obsess over. Yeah, like the most subtle plot <laughs> and universe. Like you, you don't yeah. understand anything that's going on unless you're a gigantic nerd. Yeah, like the items in the game that you pick up have like descriptions yeah. or something that like mm-hmm. you put together to form like some kind of story. It's yeah, it's a like a idea. hidden story. It's crazy. Uh-huh. I played the game. I, I still have no idea what happened. So <laughs> good storytelling. <laughs> I hear The Witcher Three has got an amazing story, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I've, I've never mm-hmm. delved into that one either. Yeah, I've never really gotten into The Witchers. I, I played the third one for a little bit. I I really wasn't into it. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've tried like it. multiple times, but I yeah, I'm the same. I can't. Mm-hmm. Some reason. When I, whenever I was riding the horse, I just kept thinking the the Red Dead Two horse riding is way better. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's all yeah. I was thinking. It's ruined horses and every other. Thing. Yeah, it really has ruined all of the games for me because Red Dead Two is just so good and smooth in that yeah. department. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when other games try to compete in that way, it's like it's like get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. You can't be Rockstar at that. <laughs> How about this one? It ain't even movie related, but this is this is pretty serious. 
from from dry ninety six. So, what do you guys think happens when we die? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> no, I like this shit. I love. <laughs> yeah, so do I, I. I love philosophical questions. I think. Uh, Get get ready for some uh, controversial opinions, but um, I think that religion is the vast majority of people believe in it as an excuse to uh, believe that you can survive your own death, and it is brought out of make our, it own, scary. our yeah. own fear of death and fear of the unknown, and uh, you can convince yourself a lot more easily to to believe in that if other people believe the same version as you, and. Uh, I I think that our brains being made up of physical properties are bound to the laws of physics and to suggest that you survive your own death to suggest that there is something outside of of the physical chemical reactions that make up our consciousness is superfluous and you're basically just latching on to an idea based on your emotional need to fear death because if you didn't fear death we wouldn't be alive it's built into our dna it's built into everything about every living creature ever if there was a species that did not fear death that didn't have you know the the two most uh powerful urges of their body being death and procreation if there was a species that existed that didn't have those things maybe it did but they're not alive now because they didn't have those two overwhelming urges right so uh yeah i, I don't i, I yeah. think that when you die you cease to exist and you don't survive your own death and it would be like you were before you were alive in the sense that your consciousness stops because you can you can alter your consciousness through physical properties like brain surgery or brain damage mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. drugs like drugs are physical chemical properties that Sleeping. you can use to enhance <laughs> yeah. or mm -hmm. alter your consciousness so to suggest your consciousness exists outside of the physical brain is not logical in my opinion yeah. Isn't there that theory that as you die, your brain releases some kind of chemical similar to DMT? It is DMT. Yeah. It is DMT, die? but the the only reason why that theory exists is because no one understands why our brain produces it. So people are like, oh, maybe that's what gets released when you die, but there is no, as far as I know, there's no real evidence mm. to suggest that that's what happens. It's just Joe Rogan being hopeful that he gets to trip out when he <laughs> well, dies. Do you know... You know, um, Black Mirror, there's actually a really fascinating episode that I really love um, where the guy gets a he like invents that machine where you can put it on someone else's head. He's like a doctor to feel what they're feeling so he can diagnose them. And he gets addicted to feeling the way people feel as they die. And it, it's I really am. fascinating, that concept. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, to answer the question, I mean, why would we be different to any other like being like i was walking yeah. my dog today and there was like a torn up deer in a field just like in pieces i was like well they've just been returned to the earth in the, in the circle of life lion king yeah it's got to happen life has no meaning if it doesn't you know have death in it yeah it's not like people that believe that we survive our own deaths also believe that every single 
conscious organism on the planet does. It's just human beings. So <laughs> it's like, we're special. Yeah. It's just illogical to me. I think you go to heaven. Yeah? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> no, it's a little more complicated than that, I think. That'd be nice. Um, but I would like we to don't, believe that. Yeah, it would be nice. To be fair, we don't know. So it could be anything. Anyone could have an answer, and I guess it could be just as valid. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what, what people are asking, I think, more is like what happens to your consciousness when you die? Like this, this version of me that, that gets up every morning. Uh, am I going to like get up when I'm dead? <laughs> and uh, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. But... Well, the reason the concept has value is because no one knows. So we're just obsessed yeah. with the idea. And, exactly. and we can never find it out until we experience it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, to me, it's, you know, the the it's the same thing as suggesting that we don't know what happens when you take away like parts of your brain. Like you, you can you can take yeah. away specific parts of your brain and you'll see that reflected in someone's consciousness. Like if you remove a part mm-hmm. of your brain that has Absolutely. a specific memory, then you, that memory doesn't exist anymore. Like the the consciousness is made up of the physical properties of your brain, in my opinion. Yeah. I would love to believe mm. that this is a simulation and that this is not the real world and that the yeah. real world, you don't die <laughs> or something like that. You know, that our consciousness mm-hmm. can survive our own deaths and and that we get to experience something else like maybe we're just playing a really long game of roy from rick and morty or whatever that was called was it roy or oh, yeah. troy or something yeah yeah i, I remember um, what you yeah. mean. <laughs> and uh i don't know like there, there's this like i guess um idea in my head uh what's yeah fantasy is the word i was looking for this fantasy that like when i die i'll wake up from some sort of simulation and it was all just some sort of test. And there are these like higher beings that maybe I'm like a part of them. Like maybe we're just aliens or something. And they were like, you know what? You did a good job. You passed high score or something. Like you you, you weren't like incredibly selfish. It's you like didn't fuck people game. over all the time. You know, you, you made people's lives easier. You expressed yourself. You were honest. There you go. We're, we're, you get to have some cool shit or something. Like that would be awesome. I would love that. But... Mm-hmm. That's a nice you thing don't really know. to believe in. It's just it's just as valid as uh, Christianity. Exactly. Or... <laughs> equally yeah. as valid. Yeah. Well, I guess not all of it, but the death part, the the mm. answer to what happens when you're dead. Uh, Adam's answer is just as valid as anything else anyone else wants to say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to just not obsess over it either. Yeah. Like some people, like it's their greatest motivator in life, which I guess can be a force of positivity, mm-hmm. but like. It's better to look at it as something that is inevitable, and that's kind of what makes life have value in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that like, it ends. If we all if it didn't forever, end, it would have no meaning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just, nothing would mean anything. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the same way, anyway. There's a few complications that come from from people believing that this is not, that this is not the only life. Like, there's, a, there's people on the planet... Yeah that are actively looking to destroy it so they can fulfill a prophecy of the end times. Yeah. That's not good. There's always going to be dangerous, <laughs> mentally ill people. Yeah. yeah. Great question. I love shit like that. Mm-hmm. I love I love philosophy. Yeah, I like sneaking those in yeah. now and again when I see a good one. Hopefully everybody in the audience can uh, not get too upset at any of our answers. Yeah. 
Or if, yeah. if anyone out there is like really high and they got to that part and they're like, let's just put on this really relaxed movie <laughs> podcast. And they're like, oh my God, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Want to do uh, one final question? Yeah, let's do one of the opposite tact from Plasterman40. Is there a director you would actually want to see fail, either because you have a vendetta against them or you think it would be hilarious, similar to Shyamalan with Will Smith for After Earth? I want to see Wes Anderson make a really piece of shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, like, all of the shitty things I hate about his movies in a bad movie. Don't some people really <laughs> hate Life Aquatic, though? Yeah, that's kind of like the closest thing. And even that, I wouldn't say that's like a terrible movie or a oh, really? bad movie or anything. Okay. I would say that's like... like I uh, really liked it. Um, yeah, it's not good, I don't think. <laughs> but it's not awful. I want like an awful movie by Wes Anderson. I want Last Airbender level shot like a Wes Anderson movie. Um, <laughs> what, what I would suggest, because like, I, I got a very... Sorry if this is kind of like derailing the conversation a little. I got a very different experience out of watching Life Aquatic for the first time than I think most people did. And that's because before I watched the movie, mm -hmm. I watched uh, The Silent World by Jacques Cousteau, which is essentially what the film is parodying. It's from yeah. 1956. Oh. And it's like, it's this clusterfuck. And I think it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. And it won an Oscar. And th there's this huge contrast. Like it's so weird. In in 1956, Jacques Cousteau and this like crew of people, literally just like pretending to do science, <laughs> uh, pr pretending to do like you know like experimentation and discovery, are literally just like fucking up the ocean without any care for it. There's a point where they like run over a, a whale calf or something with their boat, like like the rudder, and they're like, oh, oh no, yeah, it's it? a documentary. And and it's so wow. bizarre. It's it's really really weird. It's really really weird, and and like unironic in how it's weird. And they run over a whale calf, and all these sharks like go after it because there's blood in the water. They're like, that's wrong. No sharks. And then they kill all the sharks, and they like harpoon them, and then they just fuck off. <laughs> and it's supposed to be this like, isn't isn't wow. the the ocean so cool and crazy like this? It, it's so weird. Just how how much things have changed since the 1950s. Sorry, that was kind mm. of like a tangent. Can't do but... that shit anymore. Oh yeah, it's yeah, so it's bizarre. Good. What was the question? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Directors, you want to see fail? Oh, yeah. I don't know if I ever want. There's no wanting someone to fail for me. Even directors that I think are bad, or directors that I might be looking forward for other people to share my opinions on the, their movies. Like I think Adam yeah. Wingard was one, but that already happened with the new Death Note movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's not a huge disaster. It's not like wanting to see someone fail because I don't really. I, I I would rather people succeed. You know. Even if they make a bad movie, failures is fun. I, I would rather it be a successful bad movie than an unsuccessful bad one, unless it's The Lion King 2019, I guess. I don't know. Disney it's, remakes is just a good answer. Like, yeah. removing directors from it. Like, yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but I'd get a little smirk on my face if I saw the headline of, like, the new Disney remake has barely made any money because no one cares. Yeah, I would like yeah, to see trends a, fail. That would oh, make nice. me smile. But I, I, yeah. I wouldn't want someone's career to be over. Or anything. No. I'm just talking like a bad movie. Yeah. But like box yeah. office wise, yeah, I would love it if like 
the Transformers movies stopped doing well, or yeah, uh, yeah, the, the independent movies were doing well, <laughs> but whatever. Not the world we live. Yeah, well, yeah, my dreams already come true anyway with this answer with the Seth MacFarlane and a million ways to die in the West. <laughs> I oh, hate yeah. that movie so much, <laughs> and it and it bombed. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got my wish there. Got he hasn't made a movie since. <laughs> no, he's just went over to Orville. Ted too. Yeah. The Guardian <laughs> wrapped up their best movies of the decade, even though uh, oh, yeah. not in the decade. Was it the decade or the 2000s? Yeah, it was the 2000s, even though we're like yeah, 2000s, right? not all the way through the 2000s, but whatever. And yeah. Ted got number 20, which was really funny. Ted? Yeah. That film Are you fucking sucks. kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. That's <laughs> that why I don't think it so sucks. Bad. That's why I got posted not, on our like, subreddit. It doesn't. Ooh, I, I gotta I look at this. Despise that film. There's a lot of great movies on that <laughs> list, but there's some like Ted that are just like what? Yeah, that are like what the fuck? It's like so high above No Country for Old Men and other shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like even Ted. if you're just on a comedic level, there's so many better comedies that have come out over that. Hmm. Yeah, I can't think of a director that I would like to see fail. Even Daddy Derek, I want him to succeed. I want to see more Cool Cat. <laughs> He's a complete asshole, but I don't want to see him fail. I want to see more movies. Have you seen that thing on the Reddit that it probably is a copy pasta of people saying that they like oh. met him and, and Oh and yeah, that's a copy pasta. Yeah, that he, that he met him at a grocery mom. store. <laughs> yeah. My mom and I were at a Vons in Vegas. My mom is in very good shape. <laughs> yeah, 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 this yeah. is fucking <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see it, though, I give a good look. Like... I saw Derek in the alcohol aisle. I wasn't going to introduce myself, but he saw my mom and immediately approached her and proudly introduced himself as the creator of Cool Cat. He was hitting on my mom. He left her after he talked. My mom it was awkward. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe uh, it. It's Mama Cat. Yeah, it he only flirts with uh, Mama Cat because <laughs> he does yeah, hit he on, stuff on, on women. <laughs> he's looking. He's looking for a new Mama Cat. Oh, oh please. God. All right. Please. <laughs> Enough about that moron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking moron. Don't be mean. Uh, yeah. He's misunderstood. Of the lull is not an excuse. <laughs> Who's right. recommended a movie? Uh, is it you, Adam? I think it's me. All right. Mm -hmm. Time for a recommendation. Um, if you don't want to be... Oh, wait. I guess that comes after I recommend it. Um, <laughs> yeah, gotta know what it is. Uh, well, I've been uh, flirting around with some ideas in my head of uh, what I want to recommend, and uh, on Ralph's uh, Blu-ray collection video, I've seen, I've, I've noticed that he's in the same boat as I am—that he has a copy of uh, Sallow that he hasn't seen yet. <laughs> oh God, so, dude! Uh, I was hoping this was gonna happen. Yeah, remember the last episode at the end? I was like, I want to recommend something, but. There was like a release in the UK oh, yeah? that wasn't out yet. That's that was the movie. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. So I think yeah. we've all wanted to see it. We've all wanted to recommend mm -hmm. it. Um, Ralph, you haven't seen it yet, right? You didn't watch it between that video and now. No, I haven't. Okay, cool. So I, have I was a going to watch it yesterday with a friend, but then my friend canceled because they looked up what it was about, <laughs> and they were like, "I don't want to watch that." <laughs> so we it's, watched uh, um, the killing instead. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really know it's what not I'm a fun think movie. of it. I don't. Uh, yeah, but um, I, it it is another one where I need to at least be able to be be able to say that I've watched it. It's apparently yeah. my favorite yeah. director's fourth favorite movie of all time, so that's a plus, I guess. The user rating's not it's great. It's apparently but... 
Yeah. Who knows? It's hard to watch, apparently. Yeah, we'll see. For all you listeners to know. I just... Um, But my guess is a lot of our listeners won't be getting through this one. People, like, vomit while watching the movie. Eh. So... Really? But is this not that thing where people kind of overhype how extreme it is? It could be. I I want to be cautious But I've also heard it's, like, one of the most disturbing movies ever. And (laughs) so, like, it's been put up there with a Serbian film and... Um, what's the other one? Another disturbing movie. Accountable Holocaust. It's mm. put on that list. Oh, dear. It's like with those two. Yeah. So, yeah. It's supposed to be very disturbing. Just so disturbing. we know what we're getting into. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, so... I can handle it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's about like torture, isn't it? It's so. about uh, it, our listeners. Anyway, so full title, <laughs> Sallow, comma, or The 120 Days of Sodom. 1975, mm. directed by Pier Paolo... Pasolini. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Good. Uh, we'll nice. finally be able to watch it. And Hopefully, sure there's we'll like a kids' a film discussion. or something to talk about two weeks from now to like yeah. <laughs> balance that out a little. Yeah, we got like Sorry, a bit heartwarming. What What did we go from like Oscar Five is coming to out? Talk- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten really bad. <laughs> oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> Cinema Paradiso was like the most tame. It was like yeah, it was se- the- about censoring, like a really graphic imagery like that. And then these yeah. two movies just fucking forget it. Nudity, <laughs> sex galore. Yeah. All right. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled for Solo or the 120 Days of Sodom, <laughs> my voice is dying. Uh, check it out before our next episode, which will be released in two weeks from this episode's release. Uh, if you want to support the show, sardonicast.com, sign up for premium, $2 a month. You'll get these episodes early once they're edited. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, we got merch. And uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, this might be less pornographic than Showgirls, but we don't know. Mm. It might be more. So sorry if, sorry if you uh, watch all these movies with your parents or something. <laughs> yeah, if that's Hopefully your that's boring, your sardonic that's cast night. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I'm just I'm excited to see it. I don't I don't know if I'll yeah, love same. it, but I, I've been meaning I'm to excited to to see what it is at least. Thank you all for watching, listening, etc. Love you guys. Yeah, thanks everybody. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.